Blog Talk Radio. here in New York, soon to be joined by Jay Logan in California. The show is brought to you by the Goldwaters Group and Lounge Renown Records. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jay. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Hello, hello. Hello, Jay. Hello, How Jay. You How are you today? Manamana. We can do this entire episode. I'm sure our listeners will have no problem with us just singing Banabana the entire episode. So, Jay, how how are you out there in the beautiful place that is called the West? I'm um, I'm actually uh, doing pretty good. You know, we've been having a lot of wind here lately. And uh, I think uh, I don't have a wig to blow off, but yesterday we kind of had like a lot of windstorm, and uh, the winds were going like 75 to 90 miles per hour, a lot of power outages. But it's warm here, but we had a lot of wind, and it, and so we're just now getting over it. It was all the way in from San Francisco all the way down to L.A., so a lot of wind, and uh, I'm glad. It looks, you know, the clouds, are, the the skies are clear right now, so the wind cleaned up a lot of things, fresh air. Everything is over now, and so, other than that, I'm doing great. Excellent. Well, we have a great show today. We have a great guest today. It's going to be a good day as we're going to be talking about music and just the music from your childhood up until your adult, the relationship that you have with your family, the relationship with the people of your life. And a lot of it is really what music have you been listening to growing up and how has it made you an adult? And I know that I think that it would be a great time to talk about certain music, certain child elements of our childhood, as there was a movie that came out last week, which we've now both seen, called The Muppets. Yes, uh, that was a great movie, and uh, it was a musical. It was a musical in these days and time. A musical movie. We haven't seen a musical for a while. Um I was very impressed with the movie, and I, I really enjoyed it. My daughter, Jelena, she really enjoyed it. Uh, all, a lot of the adults in the theater, I think, enjoyed it more than the kids. You know, kids were walking around, children, you know, they, you know, they were like, what is this? But the adults were humming and singing and having a good time, and they weren't paying attention to their kids. And they were so busy watching the Muppets. Kids were everywhere, you know. It's kind of, it's kind of funny, you know. Like, I think kids, it was definitely kids. a great movie in that way. <laughs> I, I, you know, Ian, I was wondering, like, who are the kids? Were the adults the kids or were the kids the kids? Because the adults enjoyed it. It seemed like they knew the characters. They grew up with the songs. They kind of knew everything. And they were so busy watching the movie, the kids were kind of the adults, and the adults were the kids. Kind of did that kind of thing. It's kind of strange. 
<laughs> well, I know that the Muppets, as designed by Jim Henson, was family entertainment, not exclusively for kids. That the old Muppet okay. shows had a lot of adult guest stars, and that there were always a lot of jokes written specifically for adults that the kids just did not notice. I know that, like, famously in the 1970s, my parents have told me that they used to watch the Muppet Show before I was born, before they even had kids. That's how entertaining and that's how big of a appeal the show had. And it was a huge level of nostalgia as, as over the last two decades... The Muppet franchise has changed hands as Jim Henson, the creator of the Muppets, unfortunately died at a young age. And that you have the new caretakers of the Muppets, as the Muppets are now owned by Disney. And you have the, and then you've had Jason Siegel, the actor from Forgetting Sarah Marshall and from How I Met Your Mother, who actually went to Disney, actually co-wrote the script with his collaborator who did forgetting Sarah Marshall with them to, because they were just such Muppet fans that they wanted the Muppets to come back and be a big successful franchise as there hasn't been, there hadn't been a Muppet movie in the theaters since 1999, which was 11 years or 12 years since the last Muppet movie. Wow. That's a long time. That's a long time. And you know, it was worth the wait. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I left the movie singing, um, great storyline, great, uh, you know, there was a song in there that really caught my ear, um, I think it was, uh, Am I a Muppet or a Man or something like that, you know, you might correct or me on that. Or a Muppet. But, yeah, that, that was, that caught my ear, and I, I, I enjoyed it, and I was watching, um, I was watching Jimmy Kimball last night, and they had the, um, humanoid version of Walter, who was one of the character Muppets. And they told him that he could not speak about the Muppet Show. He couldn't tell anyone. He couldn't tell anyone he was in it. He had to keep it, keep his mouth closed. And he said he didn't get there and learn that song until a half an hour before it was time to shoot, which was amazing. Wow. They kept that song. Yeah, they kept that song secret. So he uh, he had to learn it all in a half an hour. The director came in and said, "Are you ready? Here's the song. You must learn all the words." And he. Um, you know, he lip synced, and that's how that happened with him. And uh, he was just happy to have Wow. Him. Well, it's like in the world <laughs> of, I think in the world of spoilers and of privacy, I think that when when key plot points don't leak on the Internet, that it makes it that more powerful. I know that there are certain movies where if I didn't know about a surprise cameo, it would have been a lot funnier than it was. And... I know the internet makes it hard, so I suggest that if you don't want to be spoiled, don't read the internet for rumors. Like I know that right. I knew a lot about. I, I personally know I knew a lot about the movie before it came out because I was just excited about it, and I discovered like websites like Muppet Wiki, where which is a fan created site, which is like it's a, like a Wikipedia about everything Muppets, like historically and past, present, future, and everything. And it's been, and even though I knew about a lot of it, I was still just amazed and very much enjoyed the final product and just the songs and everything that was involved in it. 
and what a great what a great movie to take your your kid to. You know, we had parents, kids, and music really encourage you to have a musical appetite with your children. And this is a great great thing where you get the music, you get the parents, and you get the kids all involved. So I just think that that was a great. This is a great thing to talk about on our show because I recommend this movie. I enjoyed it so much. And all I saw that all the people, all the people in the, in the theater enjoyed that movie. So. Wow, man, I love and I, it. And, and this is a disclaimer. Disney has not paid us to talk about the Muppets or to promote the Muppets. This is our personal opinions. Go see the movie. Right. Go see it. <laughs> and take your kids. Absolutely. So, so Jay, as I said, we have a great show. We have we have our we have a really cool guest who we're about to bring on. And wow. Great. He's just amazing and... And he's DJ Benno. You can check his website at djbenno.com. And I'd like to welcome Ben to the show. Hey, Ben, how are you today? Are you, welcome to I'm good. Season. How are you doing, Ian? Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you great. Ben, meet Jay. Jay, meet Ben. Hey, Ben. Yeah, nice to meet you. How are you doing? Fine. Nice to meet you also. Excellent. And, um, yes, yes, so, Ben, I'm... I'm I'd like if you can share with everyone about your experiences just listening to music just you know, your whole life and how it's led to your path today as a DJ. Well, I um, I, I would say that I grew up in a, a fairly musical family. Neither of my parents uh, are professional musicians or were, um, but both of them uh, were brought up listening to music in a very musical era. Um, both played the guitar. Um, and from from a young age, I distinctly remember even just hanging out with my mom and, and her strumming and us singing uh, really um, old uh, folk ballads and, and folk songs, um, which was kind of my introduction to music. So uh, a guitar and, and singing. Um, uh, mom and I used to sit in my room and and just strum away, and I would pretend to play the guitar. I never, never learned how. Um, and from there, it, it taste developed, or my musical taste developed uh, a bit with my parents. And then, as I as I grew older and was able to find some music on my own, um, kind of branch out. Um, I would listen to to lullabies before I went to bed. My mom would sing me. Uh, uh, folk songs and, and old lullabies, a lot of storytelling um, in the music that we listened to, um, things from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, that, that storytelling type of music. Um, and uh, and then from there, as I got older, uh, we were listening to more Bob Dylan, singer-songwriters of the 60s, um, went on. My My music education kind of grew as I grew up. It, it started in the folk songs and went up to, from the 60s to the 70s and the rock and Billy Joel and Elton John. I skipped over the disco stuff. Um, and then uh, and then as I got older in, in middle school, started listening to a lot of pop music because um, that's what was, what was out there. Um, when I was nine, my family moved from uh, where I had been growing up in Baltimore, Maryland, and we moved to uh, to Israel, to the north in the Galilee of Israel. 
And um, Israel's music was very different from what I was uh, being exposed to in the States because it, it was very, everything that, that my group of friends was listening to was very pop-oriented. It was when the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and the Spice Girls were blowing up. And American music that makes it across the world like that is primarily the pop music. So that resonated with me. It was something that I could have fun to. It was something that I enjoyed. So I started listening to that a lot. And I think that I think that pop music gets a bad rep because I don't want to I don't want to belittle it by saying it's it's a simple form of music. Um a lot of hard work and effort goes into the writing of the songs and the lyrics for these these pieces, but it's it's something that everyone can grab onto. And I think as I started to appreciate pop music more, I started wanting to be able to use it to kind of entertain. I've always been an entertainer, a performer. Um, so I, I, through pop music, discovered DJing, and uh, it's ever since been kind of a, a relationship thing of how how can I take the music and form it into something of my own while at the same time uh, keeping the artistic integrity of the, perform- of the original performer and using it to influence audiences that, that I'm performing with. Wow. I realized that was a yeah, mouthful. So, <laughs> absolutely. Just, just as you did, like, just your upbringing and, 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 like, as a DJ, like, what is, what are the lessons, I mean, musical lessons that, or life lessons, I'm sure there's just so many, I mean, especially, I mean, growing up in the United States, moving to Israel for a big part of your life, and then coming back to the States, what, what is it, having that international background that, that they feel contributes to your music and your choice of music and just creating art? Um, Music is is an international language. It doesn't matter what language the, the lyrics are in, but a beat, a simple drum beat, will will move everyone. Um and you can see that in in the earliest form of music, uh, which was really just chant, um, there's always a cadence, there's always a trope, uh, that that is the driving force behind the meaning of the lyrics. So um, just to take uh, Cirque du Soleil uh, as an example, a lot of the music in their shows is sung in a mixture of languages, um, English, French, German, and some even gibberish. But the inflection and the tonality and the, uh, the, the way it's sung, the, it, it gives the meaning... Um, of the feeling that that the performer and the writer wants to portray to the audience. So in my mixing and my spinning, I think that my global experience uh, really opened my eyes to not sticking myself into not only one place to find my music. Um, I don't only spin uh, American or English tracks, um, but to mix it up a little bit, to give my audience something that when they hear the beat, 
um, they're, they're going to keep dancing on the dance floor, and as soon as the lyrics start, it's going to be a little bit of a shocker. It's going to be a little bit of a double take and say, hang on, that singer is rapping in French, or, or those lyrics are in Hebrew. Um, and uh, and it's, it, as a DJ for big crowds, uh, one, of my, one of the things that I, I strive to do the most in my sets is to, uh, to kind of make it a little bit of a roller coaster ride, give, give little bits of crescendo so that just as the audience thinks that it's going one place, turn them around completely and, and blindside them with something else, and it keeps them interested. If you go to a club for four hours, um, you don't want to be hearing the same thing. You don't want it to stay the same the whole time. You want to be surprised. You want to you want to hear different things in the music so it doesn't sound like just one song. Excellent. Um, Jay, do you have any questions for Ben? Yeah, Ben, um, I just wanted to know, um, ha- have you done a lot of extensive work in some of the clubs on the East Coast as being a DJ? And um, could you name some of the places that that, that you're known at, if you have? Yeah, um, I'm. I'm still. Uh, I, I'm still working really hard to to break bigger into the scene. Um, mm-hmm. I graduated from Middlebury College in Middlebury, Vermont, in the Northeast, with a, a degree in theatrical sound design. Um, and and with that, I've done a, a lot of both music history studies and electronic music studies. Um, and I, I started building my reputation at Middlebury. Um, and I was very fortunate that Middlebury being not a, a, a huge school, it's about 2,800 students, um, I was able to, to carve a name out for myself there. Throughout my time as a student at Middlebury, I, um, I got the chance to travel down to Delaware um, and do a party at the University of Delaware um, wow. for a... Uh, um, for a fraternity down there, um, okay. and cool. I've, I've, what's that? That's wonderful. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. That's great. Yeah, that that was uh, um, a, a really cool chance. And then, um, besides that, I've, I've developed a, a little bit of a known name here in Middlebury at one of the local venues called Two Brothers Lounge and Stage, which is a, a local bar that we have, and I, I try to spin uh, uh, at least a couple sets a month there. Uh, one or two, just to to keep down with my hometown feeling and and really really remember where where I started and came from. Um, if even if I make like the dream, um, and a lot of DJs I think will tell you this, the dream is Ibiza, Ibiza, Spain. There's a club called Club World, and it's probably one of the biggest clubs out there. And to get a chance to spin there is is a dream would be a dream come true. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't hesitate to come back to Middlebury um, right after doing Spain and doing Two Brothers again because that's where the big start is. Wow. Let us know, tell us some of the um, the technical stuff that you use. Like what type of, are you using, what type of uh, equipment are you using and um, uh, software are you using to, um, to do your music? Um, let's see. I'm using uh, a computer program called Tractor Scratch Pro. Um, okay. And most of the other uh, equipment that I'm using is in collaboration with that, and that's made by a, a German company actually called Native Instruments. And um, so along with that, I use a Pioneer 909 mixer, um, which is a battle-style uh-huh. mixer that a lot of turntablists use. Uh, and as much as I've been wanting to, and 
listeners, please don't judge me for this. Um, as much as I've been wanting to, to pick up vinyl and, and put my hands on real records again, um, it's a little rough traveling with, with record players all the time. So I actually use <laughs> um, Denon CD turntables. But the nice thing about the Denons that I use is that they have an actual uh, 9-inch platter on top that reacts and spins just like a regular record player. So they look a little bit like a nuanced record player, but they give me the same feel. So when I'm mixing, I'm scratching, I'm, I'm remixing live, I'm doing all my cuts live. Um, so I'm, I'm not making tracks at home and just playing them through my computer. I'm bringing a show with my performance. Then along with those, I'm also using two MIDI controllers for the program just for hot cueing and, and getting to places in the song a little easier and quicker. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, I was going to say, like, now, so what, what are they dancing to now? Are they doing European type of uh, tr- trance music or what type of music What type of music are, is, is the, uh, what's going on with you out there? What, what are you doing? What are you spinning? So going I, out I spin... Yeah, I I spin an eclectic mix um, in a true sense of the term. When I'm in Vermont and and doing a a party uh, at a bar or a small club in a smaller town, as much as I I play the sets that I set up, there's going to be someone out there, I promise you, who is going to ask me to play Leonard Skinner. And at some point in that night, because I don't want that person to leave unhappy, I will play Leonard Skinner. My, my My usual sets... Um, I spin a lot of top 40s, a lot of hip-hop, and a lot of old-school uh, old school rap and hip-hop. Um, I think it's really important for party-goers today, especially as crazy as it is, the kids born in the 90s who are old enough to be at the bars, going out to clubs and dancing. I think they should know where where what they listen to now came from. So I'm playing Pac, I'm spinning Biggie. Um, ODB, all those old, old names. Um, I've, I've really gotten into the dubstep scene, um, and I, I look up to a lot of the producers um, who are mixing dub tra- dubstep tracks right now, and I'm, I'm hoping to start creating a little as well. But dubstep's a lot of fun because it, it gives you a lot of liberties um, to do everything from just play hard, in-your-face, kind of like punch-in-the-gut beats to... Uh, looping something simple and, and putting uh, a more popular track that may not necessarily be a dance track over it and bring that song to the dance scene. Wow, that's incredible. So what about the Euro mixes, the European stuff? Are you spinning some of that stuff that's uh, a lot of the stuff you're doing in Europe also? Um, I'm spinning some, some stuff that uh, that's coming out in Europe right now. Uh, it's It's harder in the States to, um, I don't want to say to impress crowds, but to to push crowds into a situation where they may be a little more uncomfortable. Dubstep, okay. for a while, um, has been one of those one of those genres where party goers just didn't know what to do when it came on. They would just stop and and look at the DJ and and say, "Play something we recognize." I'm finding wow. that now. The the dubstep, I can usually play a good 45 minute to hour long set of dubstep in a regular club scene and uh-huh. and the majority of the party goers will really accept it. The the European house and techno stuff, which I really do enjoy, um, is a little harder. It's a little poppier and 
And the American crowds, especially with the indie scene as big as, uh, as it is now, um, it, it's harder to sell them on that pop sound. Okay, okay, okay. So, so how does a I got one question for you. So, what is, give me a definition. How do you break a record? And how does the DJs break records now? Is it different now? Is it internet? Is it a bunch of DJ pools? Maybe you can explain that if you had a, if you was an independent label and you wanted to break a record, um, how, how would a DJ do that? With, with the, is it the kids on the Internet getting together and saying, oh, this is the song that we like? Sorry, uh, clarify the question for me. Are you asking how I pick which records I spin, how I how I kind of follow the music? How does a record get broken? Like, Is it like all the teenagers get together and the DJs follow suit, or does the DJ uh, initiate the breaking the record? Believe it or not, it's um, a lot of it is dictated through Billboard and the bill and the charts, um, okay. and that's pretty much all around the world. While some people follow the stock market, I follow the Billboard charts. And if you look at the top ten, the top ten is what you're going to be hearing on the radio day in day out, almost on repeat. But the chart is bigger than that top ten. And what I do is um, between the Billboard charts. Um, like you said, DJ pools on the internet uh, and what people are are playing and talking about, and um, uh-huh. through uh, some friends who are in the business and um, are kind enough to kind of share some of their insider information with me, knowing that I'm a DJ and that I'm looking to promote and play tracks from their artists, um, I kind of do an assessment. So I'll look at the billboard and I'll see which artists are up, and then I'll go to the very end of the charts. And I'll look at what's just coming onto the charts. And then I'll look at what my friend is telling me and what, what songs he's given me. And based on that and my personal taste and ear, I'll start playing things at parties. If things, okay. uh, if, if, if the crowd is enjoying a track that I know is new, I'll mark that down and I'll say, I'm going to put that in this playlist right here. And my guess is in the next month or two, that'll be a hit. Sometimes okay. I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. But um, but it's it's a it's a balance of looking at a lot of different places and finding the median. Excellent. So so then we're running out of time. I'd like to know if you have any final thoughts and any advice to anyone out there who'd be aspiring to become a DJ. What would you suggest, and what kind of pointers would you be able to give briefly? Um. Dream big and follow that dream. I, uh, I, I was first exposed to DJs when I was really young in a, recording, in, a, in a radio studio, actually. And then I remember at my, at my own bar mitzvah, we had a DJ there, and I spent half of my own bar mitzvah party behind his setup wanting to know what he was doing, wanting to learn more about it. So I guess my advice for for people and, and kids and anyone, doesn't matter what your age is out there, who wants to be a DJ, um, know your dream, follow it, um, and uh, uh, I had something I had something intelligent and insightful to say, but I totally lost it. <laughs> um, but definitely go for it. Uh, don't don't let people tell you you can't. And and stay on top of the charts and always know your audience. That's that's the key right there. Know your audience. 
Excellent. And then one more thing, Ben, before we go. Yeah. Ben, I'd like to introduce you to Gal. Gal, I'm say hi to Ben. Hi, Ben. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Okay. I love what you had to say today. It's, you're, you're, it was just like right on. It was like really cool. Thank you so really, much. Really, really cool. Um, I want to take you back to something. Um, did you get a chance to see the Grammy nominee uh, nominations last night? I didn't see the nominations, but I think I know where this is going. Okay. You probably do. You know what LL Cool J and uh, Flash and the Furious Five did yesterday, right? I don't know what they did, no. Well, it was the most amazing thing. Common, Luffy Fiasco, Flash and the Furious Five, LL Cool J, all of them got on and sung um, what uh, Flash and the Furious Five, the song they were uh, famous for, and it was amazing. It was like, I just wanted to know your thoughts of it, if you get a chance to see it, like really looking at these guys and they're older and how they could just bring it back that easily and just us remembering what hip-hop was, like it was fun, no cursing, real music, like really rocking it out. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to take on what you thought of, like LL Cool J back in the day, and you know, Flash and the Furious Five, and 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 like looking at the loopy fiascos of today in common too, versus though you know, like do you see some similarities or not? I think that um, it's incredible. It's definitely a video that um, I'm going to pull up this afternoon and check out. Um, I, I think that bridging those gaps is one of the most important things that the music industry can do um, because people who are in the industry, I think nine times out of ten, uh, know the history of, of their art form. Um, but it's it's the listeners who I think really um, would benefit from from knowing more and listening to more, going, going back and listening to the tracks that are now being sampled in the tracks that they're listening to and are um, are blowing up on the radio. I think uh, what I thought you were going to talk about, and I think this also talk, uh, points a finger at where the music industry is going, is that Skrillex, um, a very famous dubstep producer who's coming out with incredible dubstep remixes of some some huge names like Bruno Mars and Lady Gaga, but also coming out with some of his own tracks that are completely original, um, he was nominated uh, for Best New Artist. And I which, think that which was really great. Uh, it was really great. It was really great. I have yeah, to agree and with you. Recognizing a producer like that as an artist, and at the same time having the performance um, of the old along with the new, uh, shows that that in the music business, it doesn't matter what your genre is, it doesn't matter what your role is in producing a record. We're all family, and we're all we're all doing it for the same reason. We have something to say. And we want to share that something with our audience. And it's also showing, um, DJ Bueno, which is really great, is that you, music is an art form and it's your art and it's your art personal to you and unique to you. And the importance of not selling out just because of what the big machines say that you need to do. I, I understand both the label side and the artist side, but for that artist never to sell out, even if that means that they have to go to another label, for that label to recognize their art for, you know, the masses. Because I looked at Lady Gaga last night, and, you know, I, I like her, but to hear her sing with Sugarland, 
Like, I really got a chance mm-hmm. to hear her voice, and she can, she's amazing. She's an amazing singer. And that yeah, was no, really, for sure. Yeah, that was the coolest. That was the coolest. A lot of people, you know, they think because of her antics and everything else that she can't really sing. And I have to admit it, sometimes I felt like that. But when you really give that person the opportunity to showcase their craft, when you bring the young with the new and you bridge that gap, it puts the, the younger person in a position to express themselves and their craft because they know that they're dealing with someone who's immersed in their craft and comfortable in their own skin with their craft. So that's where they have the opportunity to learn from each other. It's, just, it's simply amazing. Like yesterday was amazing, but I had apparently missed this piece, and I'm like, oh, he's a DJ. He was, I'm sure he's going to love this, you know. Yeah, no, thank you very much for bringing that to my attention. And, and it's it's so true about um, about putting your message out there and saying what you want to be saying. Excellent, Ben. Thank you very much for joining us today. It's it's definitely been it's definitely been great just sharing your insights and just where you've been and where you're going to. Guys, thank you very much. Um yeah, I, just a, a quick thanks to you guys for having me on the show. Um I will uh I will keep my website updated with uh any more gigs that I may have. Ian, I know that you're uh in the New York City area. Um, I haven't been bound back down there in a little bit of a, a while, but I was recently at the uh, Copacabana, which was a lot of fun, um, and I played a gig out on Coney Island earlier this year. But, um, yeah, for everyone out there listening, if you want to take a check out at the website, djbeno.com, as uh, Ian said earlier, and I've got tracks up there and links to my Facebook and my SoundCloud. Hit me up. I'd love to talk to anyone more about music. It's, it's my life. I love it. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. All right. All right have a good one, guys. All right. Thanks. 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 Bye. Well, guys, you know what I want to talk about. Like, Jay and Ian, like, I, I'm sitting there and I, I'm, I'm I'm working, ready to come on the radio, and all of a sudden I see this video from yesterday's Grammy nominations and lost my mind. Like, it was Flash and the Furious Five, Ruby Fiasco, Common, LL Cool J took the stage. Like, that was the most amazing thing. Hello? I haven't been, yes. Well, I want to know what you guys think. Come on, Ian, now. I know you guys know how to party. Like, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. I can but... You know, it's it's like super groups. There's big things. There's small things. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I think sometimes, but it's certainly something that sounds like it must have been a lot of fun. And I know that you're certainly hyped up about it. So, yeah, after the show, I'm definitely going to take a look at it and see it and see what it is. But, I've, I've, but super groups certainly have been fun, like, you know, like what other combinations have you enjoyed seeing, or what would you like to see in the supergroup? That have, like what combination of like let's say like two artists or three artists you think would be perfect to work together on a track who just happened up to this point? Like Gail Davis and Ian Eisenberg. 
Interesting. Seems like we've grabbed some technical difficulties here. I will be right back, everyone. I'm still here. Hi, Jay. Okay, here we go. Jay is back. Thank you, AT&T. Hey. Jay, are you... Yes, yes I'm back. Jay. Sorry about like, that, guy. Don't be sorry. Be happy. We were talking about um, super groups and combinations between artists who we've never seen before work together. Like, there have been so many great collaborations of people living and dead. Like, who, like, like, what artist combination would you love to see happen? Wow. Um, I would like to see Usher and MC Hammer uh, do a duet. <laughs> because they, they're so, they dance, they dance so good. It'll be good to see both of them dancing together and somehow doing some type of duet. That's something I would like to see because uh, it's bringing the old with the new, and uh, I think it'll be a great, a great song, a great thing to see, great show. Excellent. You know, um, I know like MC Hammer has certainly made sort of a comeback, a digital comeback over the last few years, and it's interesting just to see that. Just like I just remember that showmanship in the early '90s, and I can see him coming back and just working with him. I can say like my dream, like mashup. It isn't even so much about a collaboration as much as it's a mashup because it's just based on the music. Would be Guns N' Roses and Pearl Jam. Oh, working together because there are two. Yeah, Guns N' Roses, they're one of their first big hit singles, Welcome to the Jungle. And Pearl Jam from their first album, there's a song called Porch, where I can just see the guitar and just like the music together and just interchanging lyrics to their songs together. I think that would be a very cool thing. Or I know that over the... Yeah? I was going to say, how about Mick Jagger and Paul McCartney? That would actually be cool. I know, like, Super Heavy, I know we've talked about on the show before, where sometimes I think that it was overkill, and sometimes I think it's, like, great bringing people together. <laughs> I, but it's like, I certainly see it even just going and forgetting even songs about collaborations about different actors or artists together, like... I've always had this, I've had this idea in my head. It's a very limited idea in my head of about this buddy cop comedy, starring mm-hmm. Dave Matthews and Dwayne Johnson, better known as The Rock. The Rock and Dave wow. Matthews together. Wow, that would be good. Yeah, the straight man and if you know, and and the guy who's crazy, the good cop and the bad cop. And I think that would be very cool. Yeah, that that's great. That was great. That's great. Um, I would like to see Sting and the Roots. That would be cool. Yeah, and of course, one really <laughs> cool thing about the Roots. Of course, one cool thing about the Roots is it's very easy to do a collaboration with the Roots. All you need to do is be a guest on Jimmy Fallon, and they're there. Like. The Roots have done so much since they've become a house band for a late-night talk show. They've had guests from... Sometimes it's not even, like, the regular musical guests. They'll have, like, a famous artist sitting in with the band. And it's awesome. 
point. Yeah, those bringing back some of their old, some some like artists' old hits that they just never played before, or just doing covers. I think that it is just an amazing thing. Right, 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 right. Um, Aha! Oh, you know, Ben actually just um, I am me and said, Michael Jackson and Barbara Streisand. That that can still work, you know. They have so many. Um, actually, they have so much work that Michael Jackson previously unreleased material. You can kind of do a uh, kind of duet. You could do that with him and Barbara, if she's still living, and uh, that would be great. Uh, both of those voices kind of go together. Um, I would love to see that. And uh, like, Barbara Streisand. So te- we just so much technology out there. Like you had. What's their name? I mean, you had, um, you had like, maybe, what was it, a decade ago or even 20 years ago, you had the Nat King Cole and Natalie Cole Unforgettable song. That there's so much that can be done with existing music, known music, unknown music, hidden music, just creating just remixes and math. And I, there's just right. so many possibilities out there. Right, there is, there is, there is. Um, the um, thing I did get to see, two groups, two super groups uh, live play together. I got to see Chicago and Earth, Wind & Fire. They did a whole tour together, which they took the stage. Not only did you get it, uh, and they did a CD together, a DVD together, and so that was kind of, kind of strange and wonderful in his own way because you had these two horn groups working together in unison. So that was kind of that was kind of like a that was kind of like two super groups put together. I don't know if you got a chance to see that tour or even see the DVD, but it was amazing, amazing. Both groups. Well, uh, I know there was one tour which I didn't get a chance to see this last summer. Is they had they had Weezer and the Flaming Lips. Both of them were on stage together, where they would just alternate between songs, where then they would join each other on each other's songs. And from what I heard, oh, wow. it was definitely a spectacle because it wasn't like one band was opening for the other band. It was they both were on the stage together. I would have liked to. I would have liked to uh, see that show. That's wow! Wow. Yep. So there's so many different collaborations we can do. So many things that have happened in real life and in just people that are alive, people that are not alive, and right. I'm just very excited. I'm just very excited to hear about it and just see what else, what we can create in the future. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so Jay, um, any final thoughts for this wonderful episode of Parents Kids Music? Oh, I really enjoyed our guest today. Uh, he brought you know, a wealth of information, technical information, being a DJ, being a young DJ, and. Um, I just really, really like to say, phenomena, man. Uh, <laughs> what a great show we had. Phenomena. You know, this was our 60th episode of Parents Kids Music today. Wow. Well, we're, we're getting we're, old. We're getting up there. 60, 60 episodes is pretty getting up there. I'm starting to get my um, my ARP uh, card now for that. The 60. Wow. Maybe I can get $5 <laughs> Yankee tickets now instead of the $10 I'm getting this season. So, yeah, you probably, yeah. 
Or how about... So, um... Yes, Jay. So how about, um... What's the question of the day? What is your treasure, Jay? My treasure is looking forward to Christmas and looking forward to our wonderful Christmas show. That's my treasure. Excellent. I like to hear a phone ringing. Oh, yeah, I don't know how that Wireless. The wireless well, customer call is not available at this time. Please try your call. Interesting stuff, Jay. So as I was saying, Jay, my treasure is just being alive. I know that for the last month, for the last month, Jay and Gail, I've had my mustache, and I've had my my treasure is that I've had a mustache for November, and that I've been promoting men's health awareness. And tomorrow, I'm going to shave off my mustache. And oh yeah, <laughs> it's been a big. Been a big thing. I know that. I know we've had some little technical difficulties. I know Gail's trying to call back on to say goodbye and to thank us for being on the show. And I'd like to thank Gail for sharing the video. And I'm going to post that video on our Parents Kids Music Facebook, which is at parentsfacebook.com/slash Parents Kids Music. And I thank you, everyone, very much for joining us today here on Parents Kids Music. And thank you. you know, I'm going to see. If, but let me see if I can just bring Gail back on. See if we can find the magic through technology right here. To find a way to just bring her back on for the last second here. Okay, that's not it. And and Gail, um, Gail, we'd like to know what is your treasure today. My treasure is enjoying life, having fun with young people, and grateful that I'm alive. Excellent, Gail. Thank you, Gail. Thank you, Jay, and thank you, Ben. And we will be back next Thursday at 3 p.m. on the East Coast, 12 noon on the West Coast. Thank you, everyone, and have an excellent day.